Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. What will happen to the US healthcare system? This is a crucial week for the Republicans' attempt to repeal Barack Obama's Affordable Care Act, says Edward Luce. If they succeed in pushing their bill through the Senate, up to 22 million Americans could lose their insurance. But if they fail, the system will suffer from uncertainty as the fight continues. Edward examines the implications of Trump care. This is the moment Republicans have craved for more than seven years. Their chance to repeal Obamacare. Sometime in the next few days, the US Senate will either scrap most of Barack Obama's signature achievement, the 2010 Affordable Care Act, or they will abandon the effort through failure to find the votes. Either way, America is at a fraught crossroads in its never-ending health care saga. If the Senate bill passes, up to 22 million Americans could lose their insurance. Many more will experience a sharp reduction in health care support. If the vote fails, Obamacare will survive, but very much as a zombie law, a stay of execution rather than a pardon. The battle will continue. Neither outcome would be for keeps. Douglas Elmendorf, Dean of the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard and former head of the Congressional Budget Office, says, Whatever happens, we are entering a period of deep uncertainty that will cause entirely avoidable damage to the US healthcare system. This is a textbook example of how not to make legislation. How did Donald Trump's Republicans reach such a point? In spite of its name, the Better Care Reconciliation Act, is in fact deeply unpopular. Just 12% of Americans support it. Even Mr Trump, who last month described the House of Representatives' version of the bill as mean, does not want it named after him. Given that he has devoted most of his life to putting his brand name on things, that says something. Yet Mr Trump and congressional leaders insist on moving ahead anyway. Partly this is to appease a party base that has spent the past seven years demonising a law named after Mr Obama. From the day it passed, Republicans described Obamacare as a jobs-killing dagger aimed at the US economy. Passions ran so high that Ben Carson, Mr Trump's Secretary of Housing and the most prominent African-American in his administration, compared Mr Obama's law to slavery. Now that Republicans control both Congress and the White House, they have little choice but to redeem their vow. Yet they also know the potentially dire consequences. James Petakoukis, a senior economist at the Conservative American Enterprise Institute, says, Republicans have backed themselves into an impossible position. How can you not repeal something that you have described as a wet blanket on the whole economy? 
Republicans have backed themselves into an impossible position. They cannot act, yet they cannot not act, he adds. The dilemma is that Republican lawmakers can only agree on the first half of their vow to repeal and replace Obamacare. The difficulty with the second replace portion is that there are no viable conservative health care options available. Obamacare itself was a conservative reform. Its key tenets were based on a plan drawn up in the 1990s by the Conservative Heritage Foundation as an alternative to the more dirigiste Hillary Care, the failed reform effort championed by Hillary Clinton, then First Lady. The Heritage Plan then morphed into Romney Care, which was enacted in 2006 by Mitt Romney, then the Massachusetts governor. Obamacare is based on the same principle, that individuals buy health care policies from private insurance companies on market-based exchanges. It would be hard to come up with something more free market than that. Peter Ortzag, who was Mr Obama's first budget director and is now co-head of global health care at the investment bank Lazard, says... The problem with repealing the ACA is that there is effectively nothing more conservative to replace it with. So what we get is this almost irrational situation where Republicans are abolishing something they always wanted, he adds. The result is a mishmash of a bill that satisfies nobody. Under the Senate version, which Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, hopes to push through in the coming days, most of Obamacare would be gutted. It would scrap the so-called individual mandate that obliges every American, on pain of penalty, to have health insurance. Without that, insurance premiums would rise, since the market would be subjected to what economists call adverse selection, whereby the young and healthy would forego insurance. Risk pools would increasingly be dominated by older and sicker Americans, which would drive up premiums further. That in turn would prompt more policyholders to drop out, and so on, in a vicious spiral. In addition, the bill would weaken some of the most popular elements of Obamacare, notably the rule that insurance companies offer policies to people with pre-existing conditions, those with permanent ailments such as diabetes. It would also allow insurance companies to reinstate annual and lifetime spending caps that could bankrupt people who need treatment the most. But the most important element for poorer Americans is the $772 billion cut in spending on Medicaid, which provides health coverage to those who cannot afford insurance. Medicaid accounts for most of the 20 million or so Americans who were brought in from the cold by Obamacare. Some die-hard conservatives have balked at the political fallout the Medicaid cuts could bring, as have big names such as John Kasich, Governor of Ohio, and a 2016 rival to Mr Trump for the Republican presidential nomination. Yet the spending cuts are essential to pay for the tax cut embedded in the bill, which would scrap a 3.8% surcharge on investment income. Norm Ornstein, a veteran Congress watcher, says... You could see this as a kamikaze bill because it will deprive so many Americans, including Republican voters, of health coverage. But if you think of it as a disguised tax cut, then your perspective changes, he says. He adds, 
the big conservative super PACs will unleash a lot of campaign money in repayment for the tax cut. Republican lawmakers will be banking on this to shield them from the backlash. Even then, it is unclear whether Mr McConnell can muster the necessary 50 votes to pass the bill. On a 50-50 tie, the deciding vote would be cast by Vice President Mike Pence. Mr McConnell tried and failed to do so before the July 4th recess for fear that Republican senators would be hit by a barrage of voter criticism when they went home for the Independence Day holiday. Given the strength of feeling against the bill, most Republicans sensibly cancelled their customary town hall meetings with voters last week, but they did so in awareness of which way most passions are running. Already two Republican senators, Susan Collins of Maine and Dean Heller of Nevada, have said they cannot vote for the bill because of the Medicaid cuts. That would take it down to a tiebreaker, given that there are 52 Republican senators. But Mr McConnell's task of buying off the waverers, a skill he has perfected over the years, is unusually hard this time because a number of conservative senators, including Ted Cruz of Texas, Mike Lee of Utah and Rand Paul of Kentucky, complain that the bill does not go far enough in scrapping Obamacare. Any concession Mr McConnell makes to Republican moderates would thus jeopardise support from the right. Mr McConnell's near-Cromwellian ability to marshal troop discipline might fail to work this time. Quote, For every vote you gain, you lose another, says Mr Petakoukis. That said, no Republican would wish to cast the one vote that could kill the bill. Mr Ornstein says, Nobody would choose to be exposed to the rage of the Trumpian base by being the Republican who saved Obamacare. You would prefer it to fail by six votes, or not at all. There is only safety in numbers. What then is likely to happen? If the bill fails, Obamacare will be given a reprieve. But it will be stuck in intensive care. Insurers are likely to continue to exit the market because of concerns that the Trump administration would not pay them the subsidies that keep the system functioning. Younger policyholders are likely to bail out of the system on the expectation that Mr Trump will not enforce the individual mandate. Mr Elmendorf says, There would be a period of chaos until we knew what, if anything, was going to replace the ACA. If the bill passes, however, the healthcare system is likely to be plunged into disarray. Millions of Americans would lose coverage. Hospitals would still be required to treat them when they turned up in the emergency room. Those costs would be passed on in steeper hospital charges for everyone else, higher insurance premiums and backdoor taxpayer bailouts. The need for health care reform would only increase. Indeed, many thoughtful Conservatives fear Trump Care's passage would strengthen support for a single-payer health care system, similar to that in Canada or the UK. Universal public health care is backed by many populist Democrats, including former presidential hopeful Bernie Sanders. Mr Petakoukis says, The problem is that Republicans have been promising universal coverage at lower taxpayer costs and with lower insurance premiums. They are trying to sell a bill of goods. You cannot promise something for nothing. The great irony is that Obamacare had been achieving many of the goals conservatives had always wanted. 
Much to the annoyance of the Democratic left, Mr Obama bent over backwards to win Republican support for the bill in 2009. He even dropped a clause that would have provided a public option on the private insurance markets. Conservatives feared this public option would lead inexorably to a US embrace of socialised medicine. In fact, before Mr Trump's election, the system was working roughly as it was meant to. US healthcare inflation has been falling and public spending on healthcare has been contained. Moreover, Obamacare's much-advertised unpopularity now looks rather different in hindsight. Even at its low point, support for the law never fell below 40%. Today, clear majorities of Americans support keeping the law. Whatever happens in the Senate, the longer-term winners are likely to be those making the case for single-payer health care. Already, more than half of Americans use such a system, mostly through Medicare. Extending that to all Americans no longer seems quite so far-fetched. Mr Ornstein says, I doubt it would happen explicitly, but by expanding Medicare to lower age groups, a single-payer system will probably grow piecemeal and by stealth. A Canada-style healthcare system for Americans? That is surely not what Mr McConnell intends. Yet even the best-crafted legislation has unintended consequences. Nobody including Conservatives themselves, would pretend Trump care is being drafted with much heed to its consequences. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.